Hello and welcome back to Travel Day. It is episode 13, and I am Jackson Van Pelt here along with Nolan Faber. We've got a great show. I was tantalizing win over Nebraska, a close game there. Iowa State's snow game in Farmageddon against Kansas State. Uh, our top six and our pickums in our college football segment. We'll break down Iowa and Iowa State basketball men's and women's uh, since our last episode. And we will round it out with trivia, and it's me asking, and I had a rough week, if anyone remembers from last week. So we're going to hope that Nolan sucks just as bad as I did. So we're going to get right into it with Iowa football up next. And it's time for Iowa football. So obviously a great win over the Nebraska Cornhuskers, 13-10 to on a walk-off field goal. I mean, I was in attendance, so it was great. It was a bit cold, I will say that, but otherwise it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I watched it from the comfort of my own basement in my Yeah, home, that's so. exactly what my dad said. He's like, oh, you're out there freezing, I'm just watching. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, you don't get the experience, okay? Um, I will say, up front, Memorial Stadium is a is a nice place to play. It's, it's a hostile environment, to say the least, but it was a really, really cool experience because I've never been to an away game for Hawkeye football, so that was really cool to see. And they really do not like Iowa. I mean, and you read about it, and I know some Nebraska fans, obviously, but man, they were they hated us like at every at every turn. And it was it was fun though. It made it fun. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska fans just don't like teams that win. So <laughs> uh, they love their loser teams, and that's you know that's their right, I guess. Um, so let's just get into it here. Iowa, like I said, thirteen to ten win shouldn't have been that close. Missed opportunities early with. Two blocked field goals. Um, yeah, Iowa gave Nebraska it was, a chance to win this game, too. It should have been Nebraska's game to win, um, especially on the pick by Deacon late in the game. Yeah. And Nebraska gets that call called back, at least yardage-wise, because of a block in the back. So definitely should have been the Cornhuskers' game to win, but Iowa, doing what Iowa does, finds a way somehow, some way. I just you, you see it on TV, you're watching the entire year, you're a fan, and then you see it in person, and it's just like, how in yeah. the actual... Well, it's like, it's not even this year, it's every year. Oh, yeah. The, every year, they just somehow find a way to kick a field goal, and then that's the game, all yeah. of a sudden. Uh, the one touchdown for the Cornhuskers comes on a 66, I believe, yard touchdown pass by uh, Chubba Purdy. And uh, the one thing I want to harp on here is the fact that, honestly, Brian did not call a bad game. I didn't mind Brian's play call at all. Um, which I have in the last couple weeks. The weird part was is that Phil Parker's play call was a little iffy at some points, and that touchdown being one of them. It was, I believe, third and ten, and we bring a fake blitz, actually, pulling Xavier Wamka out of coverage, pulls him down, yeah. and then he comes back out, and it leaves a one-on-one coverage downfield, and I don't remember who it was, but he got burned. I believe it was a freshman. It might have been Lee. It was Lee. Yeah, and was. Uh, he got burned for the touchdown. So... That was one thing I didn't really understand. And we we blitzed multiple times on third and long that game, and I'm really confused as to why. Because I think it's just more the fact of an inexperienced quarterback and just trying to right. rush him and make his mind go quick, so then that's what causes right. the turnover. And I can see that, but Chuba at the end of the day, like I said, Chuba was was honestly not that bad in this game. No. He runs the ball probably too much if I'm a Nebraska fan. But, but he does have an arm. With experience. Right, yeah. and he does have an arm, though. Like, yeah. he can throw the ball just fine. Well, so. like, what I told you, I think it was yesterday, I said the difference between him and his brother Brock is Chuba is a better football player overall. Mm-hmm. Better arm, is faster, bigger, stronger, all that. But Brock Purdy is just a better quarterback in college. Yeah. And maybe when that comes with more experience for Chuba, he'll get on that same level. But, I mean, 
it's a big comparison to like I should I say agree. big shoes to fill for sure when you ha- when you carry that same name on the back of the jersey. Not only third and long situations where we blitzed, but also just conversions in general. Nebraska seemed to have a lot of those, which obviously, if you want any chance, not obviously in this Big Ten championship game, but any kind of game in the future, you got to tighten that up. Third and long conversions just can't happen. No, they broke down the the zone uh, coverage quite a bit, and that was concerning considering Nebraska's offense is obviously not the best you faced all year. Yeah. Definitely not. And definitely probably the third best offense you're going to face in, ne- in this game in the next two games. Yeah, so I would say so. It's just it's a little concerning. Obviously, you can say all you want about DeGene being out or whatever, but the third and long conversions have to stop. If you've got a chance to get off the field, it's got to happen, especially yeah. in this next week. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, with Michigan coming up, you're going to need your defense to play perfect, and you can't get, like you say, you can't give up that third and long because mm-hmm. that's just going to kill you in the end. Biggest story out of this game was uh, Marshall Meter. With the walk-off field goal for who? Iowa, exactly. Who? I didn't know who it was either. I saw him out there to kick, and I'm like, who is that? That is not Drew Stevens. And thank God it wasn't because Drew Stevens, again, got blocked twice and had two kicks out of bounds in yeah, that he game. Was not, he hasn't he had a rough good day. the past couple no, weeks he had a, Yeah, he had a blocked I mean, PAT um, I mean, last week as well. I mean, and even and some like the past goals. four weeks, it's like yep. he missed a couple field goals, but then he always makes up for it and kicks the game winner. Exactly. So you kind of forget about the misses. Right. But uh, it was great to see that, to be honest. Uh, Marshall, his first kick in a professional, or a professional, in a college setting in almost a year. It was just under yeah. a day. Uh, he played at Central Michigan and then thought his career was over when he came to Iowa. And um, they decided to put him on the roster in August. And uh, I'm glad they did because he won the game for us. So yeah. it was great to see. 13 points for the Hawkeyes and Brian Ferentz. Brian with two games left in his OC career at Iowa. And obviously a big game against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. I'm not going to lie. I'm not expecting big things. If we keep it close, no. I'll be a happy man, but and not expecting that either. Nobody is expecting to keep it close. Nope. I mean, you guys are three touchdown underdogs. Yep. It'll be fun, though. I mean, if we you know, if we can make them worried at least one point in the game, I'll, I'll call Just it a Just make victory. the first half interesting. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So. Don't, don't give up four touchdowns in the first quarter like you guys did that one year. <laughs> yes, please don't do that. I think our defense will uh, be able to hold at least at the beginning and then after that, it might get a little done. And obviously, our offense is probably not good enough to compete with Michigan's defense. So probably. It's not even close to good they'd enough. They'd have to pull out all the stops, maybe run five flea flickers in the first two series yeah. or something. You know, maybe Deacon Hill's left-handed, and he comes out throwing with his natural arm and just starts <laughs> dotting them up. Who knows? Sounds like a really bad SNL skit. And stick with us for Iowa State football up next. And it's time for Cyclone Football, a Farmageddon game in the snow. Nolan, what'd you see? Uh, it was probably the best game in college football all year, just because of the element factor. I would suggest if you didn't watch this game, don't go watch the highlights. Go and rewatch the entire game. It's just one of those games where you can just throw on at the start and watch it all the way through just based on how much offensive action there was the entire game. I mean, it showed with the 42-35 win for Iowa State. Give them the seven wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I if you told me that we were gonna have seven wins, six of them in conference after starting one and two, going yeah. to a bowl game, uh, oh, yeah. not even before that, even at the start of the year <laughs> when all that crazy stuff was going down, I would have, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And now that it's here, it's it's kind of surprising. Like mm-hmm. you, it doesn't feel like you have seven wins. I should that's right. kind of what it feels like. And I think it's there was a lot of bright spots, obviously with Abu Sam, which I'm sure you'll get into, but just the future of this this program oh, looks fantastic. I and mean, they mean, set the tone early this game. Uh, yeah. First play from scrimmage was, a, what, 77 yards? 71 yards. 71 yards. The 77 was later, I think. Yeah, Abu Sama first play of the game takes it 71 yards to the house. 
This is the second time we've done it in Manhattan. The first time was Brees Hall's 75-yarder. I think he said something on Twitter about that, didn't he? Not Brees Hall, but uh, Iowa State's Twitter did something about okay, it. Okay, okay. Yeah, but Brees Hall did praise Sama for yeah. his excellent game. And 16 carries for 276 yards and three Jeez. touchdowns. His three touchdowns were 71, 77, and 60. Jeez, dude. And he's, he's not like – and to me, he doesn't seem like the fastest guy. But he no, just he just, runs hard and he's, he's – He runs hard and he's very hard to tackle, yeah. especially in the snow. And he's very twitchy. Yeah, yeah. Reminds you a lot of Brees Hall in this mm-hmm. game. A lot you, of comparisons flying from both Twitter and the announcers during that game. And I was saying from early on that he looked like that UNI game. I think I said he looks – he's got very similar play style to Brees. Yep. Wasn't I didn't say he was going to be exactly like him, but he's very similar in that way. And, I mean, can't forget about Rocco either. Rocco was fantastic. 8 of 12 for 230 yards, three touchdowns. 230 yards on eight completions. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Jalen Noel caught two of those touchdowns. Uh, one of them being the game-winning touchdown for yep. 82 yards on third and 15. Yep. Just yeah, that was weird too. I can't believe he didn't step out. And it seemed like yeah. when he watched still, it live, he's still yet to step out in the game too. By the way, <laughs> when you watched it live, I was I was shocked that he didn't get pushed out or step out. And then you no. watch, and then you watched it in replay on from another angle, and it's like there was like no one near him. He yeah. made a great move on the sideline. To put himself into some space. It was, was kind of like a high-step stutter or it something. It was so strange. And I had honestly never seen it, anything it like that. It made all three defenders just stop. Yeah. They and then he just ran around them. Because in the snow, you're not going to start up quick again. No. They, it, it was kind of funny watching people slide around all day. I'm it not going to lie. It was a little frustrating, too, watching the defense out there. But you know, um, What do you expect yeah. in those conditions? Jalen Knowles' other touchdown was a 79-yard touchdown pass, by the way, just to get that out there. Um Higgins got the other pass, a 33-yard touchdown pass from Rocco. The best ball he threw all night. So Rocco in this game, all he had to do was just get it to a guy mm-hmm. quick, yeah. and then they would just do the rest. Because mm-hmm. in the snow, it was very hard to tackle, like I said. But this ball to Higgins was the only ball that he had to get or had to make, and he did make it. Yep. Looking at the defense, Bo Freeler, 15 tackles, led the team. Kind of what you expect in this type of game. Kansas State ran the ball a lot, and he's the main guy in this defense to come down and stop the run. Kansas State ran it 54 times. Jeez. I did not know that. I did, <laughs> like, here's another interesting stat about the offenses. Uh, Kansas State ran over 100 plays. Yep. Iowa State ran 35. Mm-hmm. I did see that. I think they Kansas State did pretty much everything better than them on paper except win the ball game. And I no, think they, it, no, all they the yards was pretty close. Really? They just, they just had more possessions. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, they had 497 total yards. We had 488. Jeez, and dude. the only reason we had less yards is because we took knees at the end of the game. Yeah. The big news on the defense, though, Malik Verdon was out this game, fractured forearm. Mm-hmm. That's a big miss. Hopefully he's back for the bowl game. But walk-on freshman Drew Sergis, 11 tackles. Wow. In the snow. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> yeah. And now everyone knows him. Exactly. It's, it's all it takes. One game, baby. Again, the safeties, man, of this team. Mm-hmm. No matter who you put back there, they're gonna they're gonna go out and ball. Uh, Gary Vaughn came up with the only pick for Iowa State. Should have had at least five in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, one touchdown drive for Kansas State. I think Caleb Bacon dropped two picks right in his hands, and then they go up score next three plays. Just blame the snow, man. Just blame the snow. You can blame the snow all you want, but still, you got to catch those balls. <laughs> it was just a really fun game to watch. It was unexpected to say the least. And Iowa State seven and five gonna go to a decent bowl game. Yeah, stick around for our college football segment with our pickums and top six up next.
And welcome to our college football segment. It is time for our top six for our playoff. And obviously this week is probably the most important week that we've had until next week when it's even more important with the championships uh, happening this weekend. But some interesting, interesting developments in the playoff scene with Michigan taking down Ohio State, Alabama, even though not in the top six, still looking at that playoff with that Georgia after they somehow escape Auburn. That I don't was, know how that, that happened. That was crazy. That was. It was stupidly bad. After, by after a bad snap, taking it to the throne 26, got third and goal from the 26, the quarterback again runs across the line of scrimmage and throws a pass, yep. so another five-yard penalty, and then just some miracle on fourth and 31. <laughs> Something dumb. Not to mention that Washington does just barely escape Washington State in the Apple Cup on a walk-off field goal. So um, I'll do my top six first. So... I'm going to keep Georgia at that number one spot. They still look pretty good. I had some trouble with Georgia Tech early, but they figured it out. Not worried about that. Michigan's my number two after beating Ohio State. They look confident. They look great. Um, Ohio State did not play that well. I mean, they played well, but they didn't. That quarterback position for them is just something they're going to have to figure out, and that's the biggest thing for me right now. And he's not a bad quarterback. It's just the fact that Ohio State, he's not living up to Ohio State standards. Exactly. Um, So those are my first two. Number three is going to be Washington, and I know that I have said in the past how I have Oregon over Washington, but I just feel that Washington right now is finding a way to win, and their offense is, like I said, still very good. Penix had a down game against Washington State, and they uh, still— it, it was a pretty bad game. They still, he threw for under 200 yards. Right, and he had three picks, I think it was, two, three picks? Two at least, like I think. Yeah. So he didn't have a great game. They still find a way to win, so that's the biggest thing for me. Oregon is going to be my number four, though, because Bo Nix and this Oregon team look downright disgusting they're, on the field. They're legit. They are destroying everyone they need to destroy. They took it to Oregon State. I mean, they they look good. Bo Nix is my Heisman yeah. favorite I mean, right now. Oregon beat Oregon State so bad. Oregon State's coach jump ship. <laughs> He's going to Michigan State. So those are my top four. That five spot, dude, and here's the thing. The five and the six are going to be super difficult, especially without the championships being played quite yet. Yeah. But I honestly want to put, I'll, I'll move Florida State down to that five just because yeah. they're undefeated. You have to. Mm-hmm. However, they got Louisville in the pack or the pack, the ACC championship. Um, so that'll be an interesting game nonetheless. And Louisville's coming off a loss, too. Exactly. They lost to Duke. Exactly. On uh, Saturday. Kentucky. Kentucky, my bad. Yep. Both blue teams. Both blue. Yeah, it was close enough. But here's the thing. My number six is going to be Texas. Okay. And the reason for that is is because they have gotten better and better and better as the season has gone on. They had the one loss to Oklahoma, who's not a bad team, obviously. No. And if they win the Big 12 championship, I mean, I honestly... Mm, they win the Big 12 championship, which they probably should. Yes. They have a legitimate chance to get in the top four. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Um, your top six is very similar to what I have. Top two are the same, Georgia and Michigan. I'm actually going to have Oregon at my three. Okay. Yeah, I respect that. Oregon is ahead over Washington. I don't. Washington will be at the four. Yep. Just because Oregon looks like a playoff team and Washington does it. The past couple of weeks, Washington has been in a lot of one-score games, mm-hmm. proven that their defense can hold tight oh, when yeah. the game gets going. Yep. But, I mean, Oregon's defense is playing out of its mind. Their offense is playing out of his mind. Like you said, Bo Nix probably will win the Heisman he this should. year. He definitely should. And just with all that going on, I just think Oregon's just a better football team than Washington. The Pac-12 championship's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. The winner of that game will get in. Obviously. Yeah. Both of them won't, though. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Five, I'll have Florida State just because they're undefeated. Mm -hmm. I still don't see them getting in. I think they struggle with Louisville in the championship. Yes. I still think they'll come out on top. I still think they'll come out on top. I don't think they're going to be able to put – okay, here's my thing. If if everything goes according to plan, Georgia beats Alabama, Michigan beats Iowa, all that, Washington and Oregon, one of them's going to have to win, obviously. So that's three spots filled right there. I think Florida State could stay out. However, if Georgia loses that game to Alabama, I don't see how you can put an – and obviously Florida State wins. I don't see how you can't put Florida State in that top four and keep Georgia in there. I just don't see it. I'll get, to, an I'll get to how I can see Florida State and why I don't oh, I don't think man. they're going to get it all even if they're undefeated, by the way. Man, I don't know, man. So, and then at my five, well, Florida State was at my five, and then at my six is Texas. I have Ohio State dropping out. Yep. Texas has proven that they're really good this year and can get into the playoff. Out of the teams, at five or below, mm-hmm. they have the best shot of getting in, I think. I agree, 100%. So going back to the Florida State comment, if everything goes right— like Georgia and Michigan win. Yep. Oregon and Washington's get in, so that's already three spots. Yep. Texas wins the Big Twelve championship, mm-hmm. and and say Florida State beats Louisville. Mm-hmm. I think Texas gets in over Florida State. Gosh, that's and here's tough, my reason: man. it comes strictly to money. Okay. Yeah. Are you gonna want to watch a twelve and one, or Texas team with Quinn Ewers, yeah. or do you want to watch an undefeated Florida State team? With a struggling backup quarterback, it's just they have the they if they have that undefeated tag, they have the argument of we've done everything right. What more can we possibly do? And yeah, and I I and it's this kind of falls in the boat with like the the group of five teams getting in. Yeah, right when because they threw in Cincinnati there when they were undefeated. Just I think they felt like they had to. Correct. Before that, they weren't doing that. Correct. And the playoff has been known to take teams out to put other teams in. Mm-hmm. I think the very first year or two lost Ohio State team. Got in over one last TCU team, yeah. and that caused a lot of anger uh-huh. things. Uh-huh. I think this will be very similar to that type of year. Well, thankfully, this is the last year we have to worry about. It. They will go to twelve teams next year. Thank God. If there was a year to start the twelve teams, it would, it, had it would to have be been this year. year. <laughs> yes, no doubt, no doubt. I think there's eight eligible teams there that you could make a good argument for. Maybe even nine. So, mm-hmm. but it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's going to come down to those championship games this next weekend, and um, we'll see how things play out. All right, we're gonna get into our pickums now, and um, I'm just gonna just gonna put this out there. I I didn't I didn't win. No, no, I I won this week seven to three. You had six and four. Gosh, dude. Um, we both missed we both missed Louisville, UNLV, and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, the one game that was where we had a difference of opinion on. Yep. Was the game that you lost and I won. So and that was New Mexico State beating Jacksonville State. Yeah, see, because then I I took them. Dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Yep. Um, so now overall, I'm at 71 and 39, and you are at 69 and 41. And I have already won the tiebreaker. So in order for Jackson to win this week, he has to get three more right than me. Which means I'm going to have to defer from anything, even if it sounds like a bad idea. He's going to have to throw in some upsets in Here, there. Here's what I'm going to say. I think for this to be fair, I should know how many are there? How many games? Ten. Ten? I should know all ten so I can pick which three versus going one by one and being like, you know what I mean? Does okay. that make sense? Okay. Yeah, but okay. it's, it's pretty much just all the conference championships. No, right, right, right. Yeah. I, I know that. I know that. But so, I mean, there might be, but yeah. like, but like, if if I go, oh yeah, I don't want, I, I that one's definitely gonna win. I'll wait for another one, and then there's not another and one where there's gonna. I've be already upset. done the favor. I've already picked my teams. Right, 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 right. Okay. So that's gonna make it a little easier for you. Okay. So let's just let's just go through your ten first. Let's okay. Just do that. So 
First game is New Mexico State versus Liberty. Okay. I have Liberty winning that game. Oregon versus Washington. I have Oregon beating Washington. I have Texas beating Oklahoma State. I have Toledo beating Miami of Ohio. I have UNLV beating Boise State. Georgia beating Alabama. Tulane beating SMU. Troy beating Appalachian State. Michigan beating Iowa. And Florida State beating Louisville. Dang. Okay. So here's right. what I'm going to do. Okay. So, okay, let's just go. Let's just, okay. Do we want to go game by game here? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. First game is New Mexico State versus versus Liberty. I will. I'll take. Okay, I I, I reserve the right to go back and switch, but I will take Liberty f- okay. for this one. That one is a toss up yeah. in my mind. All right. So we'll see. Next is Oregon versus Washington. I'm going to take Oregon. Okay. Yep. Texas versus Oklahoma State. Texas. Uh, Toledo versus Miami of Ohio. That one I'm taking Miami of Ohio. Okay. I think they they have a shot. I think I don't really know anything about the Mac. I love Maction, but I don't I don't watch it enough. UNLV versus Boise State. That one will be UNLV. Georgia and Alabama. Georgia. That one could also be a toss up. I'll go with Georgia yeah. though. Tulane versus SMU. Tulane, I guess. Again, don't really know a whole lot. Appalachian State versus Troy. That one I'll take App State. So I need one more difference. Okay. Michigan versus Iowa. Are mm-hmm. you gonna do it? I'm taking Michigan. Okay, you're gonna I'm be not smart. An idiot. Yeah. All right. And then Florida State and Louisville. I'm gonna take Florida State. Go back up and change that first one to non Liberty, whoever they're playing. Uh, New Mexico State. All right. Okay, so I need New Mexico State, I need App State, and I need, what was the other one? Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio. So, all group of five championships. All right. Now that it's locked in, do you want me to tell me the records of those three games? Sure. Why not? How you like your odds? Why not? I like my odds. I think even if they, it's it's hard to beat a team twice in a year. It really is. True. Okay. So, you have 10-3 New Mexico State beating 12-0 Liberty. Okay, I'm cool with that. Ten and two Miami of Ohio beating eleven and one Toledo. Yeah, I like that too. And then you have eight and four Appalachian State beating ten and two Troy. See, here's the thing: App State is App State, baby. They that is true. they upset JMU. Okay, and they I upset say, James Madison. I will say this: that game should be James Madison versus Troy. 100%. I agree, it should be, but it's unfortunately it's not. But I'm just glad we, that we can they do get a, to go bowling. Yeah, we should. I, I forgot. Okay. Terrific news out of this weekend is that JMU and Jacksonville State both get to go bowling because there weren't enough qualified teams. Just by hair, too. There's yes, only three spots was, left, and they got two of them. And that's awesome to see. And uh, there was one spot left which didn't have six teams or six wins, and, and uh, Minnesota was. Was it Minnesota? It was Minnesota. They're five I, and seven. Okay, I thought they were to save. I thought that spot would have been saved for the Army Navy because they're both at five and six. Really? Yeah. Maybe they already they might already factored maybe, maybe those they in. put those guys in the bowl fact- already. Yeah, they and probably they just already said them. like yeah. the winner of this game goes to this bowl. Yeah, they'll probably factor the, already factor those in. So all right, so it's gonna be a really interesting weekend with the championships. I, I need those group of five teams to perform. Just pure and simple. So all right, stay with us as basketball is up next. And welcome back to Travel Day. It is our basketball segment. I'm going to start off with Iowa, and I'm going to start off with the men's. Um, since we last put up an episode, they've had two games in a uh, invitational-type tournament dealio. Um, so their first game was against Oklahoma, and they lost that one 79-67. Not a good game for the Hawkeyes. That's I mean it's it just it was it was a tale of two halves for them. It was they did not play good in the first half. No, they kind of brought it back in the second, but it was just too little, too late. Oklahoma, yeah. 
credit to them. They played well. They're a good team. They're five and zero right now, mm-hmm. or were at that point anyway. But it just six and zero now. At that six and zero now. Yep. yep. They, they did. They beat USC by two. Did they really? Yeah. Huh. Iowa didn't seem to have any kind of fire this game, like at all. Peyton Sanford looked good. Some of the freshmen looked good. But other than that, it was like very slow and sluggish, and it was just. It just wasn't. It was uninspired, is what it was. Cricky with eleven, which is way down from what we're used to seeing. But I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, McCaffrey, he had, he had one twenty-point game. Okay, right? No, he didn't. He had twenty-five and a twenty-one. What are you talking about? One twenty-point, unreal, dude. Cricky's the beast. Okay? Oh, okay. He had twenty-five and a twenty-four. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I told you. Uh, McCaffrey only had two. Peyton Stanford had twelve. Like again, he was, and he like you know, he had seven rebounds. He was, he was trying to get out there, do his thing. Bowen with seven, and Perkins was six. Perkins was one for ten from the floor in this game, yeah, which is just awful. He's gonna have, I think, he quite just, a few games. He tries like to this. throw too many shots up, and I don't understand it. That's when he gets into trouble. Yeah, when he's just a ball handler and passes the ball, he's fine. Yeah. But the problem is, he tries to be a hero and go up in a th- in freaking triple coverage, if you will, and well, just chuck stuff up. And it, oh, it's so annoying. And it's looking like too, just based on this game, you guys did not have a ball handler at all. No, only ten assists. I mean, right. Three of our starters had two turnovers apiece, and then two of our guys off the bench had one had three turnovers and one had two. Uh, Freeman was one of those guys. He had two turnovers, but he did have 13 points. That guy yeah. is going to be good for Iowa he, for he's years. He's going to have a good four-year career. My goodness, he is fun to watch. Dembele had the uh, three turnovers. He only had two points off the bench. And then Price Sanford with five, Josh Dix with three, and Harding with six. So everyone on the bench got points, which is cool, I guess. But again... Just not a fun game to watch on Thanksgiving. I'm not going to lie to you. It was bad. Um, so they do lose that one, 79-67. They come back the next day. They play Seton Hall, okay, which after losing to Oklahoma like that, didn't think we'd really do anything against Seton Hall. They're a Big East team. You a know, a traditionally pretty good right, Big Right, historically well. pretty good team. And we come out, we beat them 85-72. So my brain immediately is very confused because we're just – it, it's like two different teams on back-to-back days. And I get you're going to have good days and bad days. Yeah. But it's been like this forever, it feels like. And even in their wins, like, they had, yeah. they played amazing against Creighton, and then they come out and they play sloppy against Arkansas State. I mean, they still get the win, but yeah. they played not great. They didn't get rebounds. Like, it's but, just it's two different teams that seem to be taking turns every game. I think this Iowa team is more of a team that lives for the moment. And when the moment's not so big... They don't play. The they play same. down to their level to the level. Yeah, they play up or down. I mean, and that can't happen. You got to stick to a level and and get out there. Preferably the high one, obviously. Yeah. But like the Seton Hall game, Cricky comes back out with nineteen points. McCaffrey back out with ten. Peyton Sanford drops twenty two. Bowen still at three. Whatever. He's not going to be much of a scorer. For no, guys. no, he won't. Uh, but then Perkins has fourteen. Like I said, it's gonna. He's gonna. He he's gonna be like this from the field. It's gonna be a really possibly frustrating and annoying year as a Hawkeye fan for this men's team because they're just they're not consistent right now I hope they figure it out I really do especially when Big Ten play comes around but my goodness are they just all over the place um Owen Freeman was six points off the bench in that game Josh Dix with nine those are pretty much your two standout bench players Freeman had three turnovers again in that game which is not great to see but again freshman he'll figure it out not really probably getting double teamed also probably true so but the uh, starters did bring their turnovers down. So an 85-72 win over the Seton Hall Pirates for the Hawkeyes. And like I said, wishy-washy those last two games. But 
you're coming out of it one and one against a team I didn't think you were going to beat. Yeah. I'll take it. And plus, those tournament team, those tournament games too are mm-hmm. games where it's like, what's this team going to be for the year? Exactly. Um, they've got North Florida on Wednesday at eight o'clock on BTN, and then their game after that is number one Purdue on BTN at six o'clock on the fourth of December. So, I mean, we'll we'll be back for that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be. We'll already have an episode up before that Purdue game, but that's going to be obviously a huge test and you know, not expecting a whole lot, to be honest. No. I mean, should you keep it within 10, I'll be happy, but I don't, or 15 even. Pur- Purdue so far this year is the best team in the, co- in the country. Purdue is far and away the best team in the country right now, and that's, that's fine. And it's they mostly really- because they got the seven-footer. Exactly. Moving on to women's, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes played three games, actually, in this uh, little invitational they were at. 98-59 win over Purdue-Fort Wayne um, for their first game. So nothing, you know, really to go over there. Uh, Clark with 29 points, but Stolke with 13 of her own. But uh, Obviously, Clark, your leading scorer there. And then Goodman off the bench with 16, which was good to see. So uh, a good win for them over a inferior team, obviously. Um, Florida Gulf Coast was the next game. Uh, that was an 100-62 win for the Hawkeyes. Again, not playing anyone... That's super great, obviously. So, not a lot to talk about for those no. first two games. Clark twenty-one, Marshall twelve, and Martin eleven. So that was great to see. Uh, and then eighteen off the bench for McCabe, who had a honestly career game so far. So good for her. And then that final game was the rematch of Iowa's only loss so far this year with Kansas State, and a seventy-seven to seventy win for the Hawkeyes, which was massive. I mean, they needed this, especially after what Kansas State did to them earlier uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They needed it back. Kansas State was ranked this time around, and they played how they should play. They they knew, obviously, it's hard to beat a team twice, yeah, especially in that short of span, mm-hmm. but they knew what they needed to do, and Kansas State did not give it up to them because yeah. first quarter after the first quarter, I believe Hawkeyes were up by 12, and yeah. by halftime, it was a one- or two-point lead. So yeah. And then they outscored them by eight, and then they got outscored by two in the fourth quarter. Exactly. So Caitlin Clark with 32 in that game, Davis with 13, um, 11 from Martin, so those are your top three scores out of the starters. Not a lot of points off the bench. O'Grady was six at the most. So, But they figured it out. I mean, they 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 played complimentary basketball. That's what you needed to do. It wasn't on actual TV, which was super frustrating, by the way. It was on some subscription site for some reason. Not yeah. sure why. But anyway, that should, should never happen. I know it's women's sports, and people can say whatever about that, but it is the number five ranked versus the number 16 ranked. And it's a revenge game for one of them. Like yeah. that shouldn't be happening. I digress. Anyway, the women will have Bowling Green on the second. Um, that is at twelve thirty, so an afternoon game um, for that one. That is Saturday, and then their next game after that is the sixth of December at Iowa State on ESPN two. So I know you're not looking forward to the women's side of that that uh, matchup, but no, Iowa should win by twenty. Yeah. So. But I unless, mean, unless Emily Ryan is back for that game, then it could be completely different. Could be, could be. But I'm not really wouldn't hold you. I'm, I'm not banking on it. So that's kind of all I've got for Iowa. I mean, overall, it was a good weekend to be the Hawkeyes because we seem to win on the weekends this time around with football and basketball. So that's all that matters. And stay with us as Iowa State basketball is up next. It's time for Iowa State basketball. Nolan, what do you have? I'll start with the women. Um, they were at another invitational as well. 
Uh, they lost to Vanderbilt 68-53 and Syracuse 81-69. to It's going to be a rough year for women's basketball at Iowa State uh, just because of the fact that you're having to play so many freshmen and you still don't have that ball handler six games into the year. Yeah. I mean, but Audie Crooks looked good in both games. She got the start in the Syracuse game. I think dropped 23, had 14 in the Vanderbilt game, was leading scorer there. Um, what I took from this, I think the offense is going to run through her. Yep. Because, and hopefully Iowa State will be able to knock down some jump shots because of that. Because if Audie Crooks is one-on-one, you get her the ball, and she's going to score almost every time. Mm-hmm. If she gets the ball and they start to double, then she can kick out to shooters on the perimeter, and then hopefully you can make those shots. I think that's going to be their way to success for the rest of the year or at least until Emily Ryan comes back if she if she does come back this year. Yeah. I mean, other than that, it's not the way you would like it to be with them losing those two games. They played them tough for most part, except in that Vanderbilt game. It just wasn't really close from start to, to end. Mm-hmm. But that Syracuse game was tied at half. It just I think they fell apart in the second half, wasn't able to watch it. Like the Iowa games weren't on TV as well. To me, it's kind of what you expected, especially with the team they got. Uh, they got St. Thomas on Thursday, or Wednesday, my bad, this week. They're at St. Thomas for that one, so that's a kind of a tough one there, going to a sm- going to a smaller school like that. Yeah, can be. Yeah, and then they play UNC Wilmington at home on Sunday, and then the Iowa game, of course, on that Tuesday, or that Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in those next three games we can go two and three and maybe keep it close with Iowa, but I'm not really seeing it that way. Moving on to the men now, very frustrating tournament. Only beat a VCU team 68-64, to and what I took away from this team throughout the entire tournament is they can't put a complete game together. Yeah. Like in the VCU game, they couldn't do anything in the first half. Second half, completely different intensity on defense. We're finally starting to make shots in the second half, which allowed them to come back. The Virginia Tech game, really good in the first half. And then couldn't make the free throws in the second half. Yep. And then the last game, too, against Texas A&M. I mean, they were up 21 at one point in the first half, up 10 at halftime, and they ended up losing. It's it's very frustrating because we've seen what this team can do yep. when they play one really good quarter. Mm-hmm. That's That's their potential, but they aren't able to put it together for 40 minutes. And I think the biggest reason for that is – we play three guards quite a bit, mm-hmm. and two of them, uh, Keyshawn Gilbert and Curtis Jones to be exact, are two guys that think that they're the primary ball handlers and scorers on this team. When that is not the case, um, I think it's very clear that Tamian Lipsy is the best player on this team. Yep, He needs to be the one that has the ball in his hands at pretty much the whole possession. Mm-hmm. And then he needs to be the one to control the offense and do all that and the one to get, get us points because he's shown he's able to do that. He's been able to hit the three ball. He's been able to finish around the rim. Free throws are a little iffy with him right now, but I do expect him to bounce back with that. Free throws were a part of his game that he was really good at last year. Keyshawn Gilbert, they figured out his plan. Not a really good three-point shooter, at least this year. And then when he gets into the paint, four guys collapse on him, and he tries to throw up some heroic-type layup or whatever, and it rarely goes in. And then Curtis Jones, on the other hand, he, uh, he can't hit anything right now. And he's still shooting up shots. I mean, you know the saying, shooter's going to shoot. But there's got to be at some point where TJ's got to put a little leash on him. Yeah, just giving possessions away at that point. Yeah. But, I mean, there's really not a lot of good to come out of this. I think playing those four teams hurt us 
and it showed not being able to put up a full game together, like I said, and it's hopefully we can bounce back against DePaul on the 1st of December, and then hopefully that leads into some momentum going to Iowa. Hope not. <laughs> well, stay with us as our trivia segment is up next. And it's time for our trivia segment. I am the one asking this week, and since there were so many rivalry games this past weekend in college football, that is kind of our uh, our theme this week, and that is rivalries. Yeah. I think all in-state rivalries should be this week. I agree. It was fun. Well, I wouldn't even say, eh, okay, you just want Iowa State to play later. I think it'd be a better game if yeah, it was later, yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Not the fact because Iowa, Iowa always plays down towards the end of the year, and Iowa State always plays better. Right. But just the fact, I think... Because the last week has so many implications on the line mm-hmm. that maybe like a circumstance comes up to where, especially going into the new Big 12 and Big Big 10, maybe if they play this game now, the winner goes to a bowl game. True. Iowa versus Nebraska is a, is a rivalry game, to be fair. So, I mean, yeah, it but is, you know, it's not as big as Iowa, Iowa State. Well, it is for Nebraskans. So. Yeah, because they got nobody else. Exactly. All right, number one. What is the oldest rivalry in college football? Farm again. <laughs> No. It's been going on for 102 straight years. Yeah. Too bad Princeton and Yale has been going on for way longer. Oh, that doesn't 18 count. 18-and-70-something or other. Those guys just throw books out on the field and call it football. <laughs> 0 for 1. <laughs> I did not expect your answer to be so quick and be that. Well, I know it's the longest, like, consecutive rivalry game played. Uh, okay. All right. Number two, what trophy does Illinois and Northwestern play for? I'm not a Big Ten guy. I know you're not. I know. That's why That's why I, this is the only Big Ten question. Now, keep in mind, they are both in Illinois, so it kind of has something to do with that, sort of. Kind of. I don't even know what Illinois has. Like, I don't know what they do. Like, a lot of the Midwest teams is like a crop or something. True. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I will tell you, it's not a crop. Yeah, I kind of figured that. It's on their license plates, if that helps. Not do you modern. know how many Illinois license plates I've seen? No idea, dude. Probably count on one hand. <laughs> I'm going to say a boot. I don't know. The answer is Land of Lincoln Trophy, because they have land because it's where he was born. Oh, okay, okay. That's not a fun name, really, though. No, it's not. They really need to just reset up. Number three, same kind of thing. What trophy? But this one's for Oregon and Oregon State. They just played this past weekend. I mean, both those games did, I guess. But Oregon, Oregon State was a little bit more recognized nationally. I was really hoping that would have been like Washington, Washington State with the apple. Yeah, I know. Like, that would have been too or easy. Or like Ole Miss, Mississippi State with the egg bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't know it, but I, when you say when you tell me, I'm gonna know it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The answer is the platypus trophy. <laughs> yeah, it's nope, a platypus. Nope, that is not for what I thought some it was reason. Be. Number four. This is gonna be really easy for you. What is the name of the game between Ole Miss and Mississippi State? <laughs> <laughs> the egg bowl. That's correct. The Egg Bowl is correct, even though he just said it in the last one. Imagine if I would have said the Apple Cup. Oh, dude. That stinks. Anyway, number five. He is one for four, so I kind of need him to kind of get this run to keep it a little bit close. What two teams play in a Border War game that gives the winner the bronze boot? Is that West Virginia and Pitt? Incorrect. The (sighs) correct answer is Wyoming and Colorado State. Yeah, I wouldn't. I was thinking Border War and West Virginia and Pitts. There's the so many of those. There's in, so many of those Border West Wars. West Virginia and Pitts probably the most. There's a lot of Border well-known Wars. Well-known Border War. Yeah, there's a lot of them, and they don't always call themselves a Border War. So one for five was Nolan this week, and um, the lead grows. The lead grows by a lot. I want to say. Well, no, only by two, I guess, isn't it? It's a lot in this one. 
We'll take it. Only down by two, and it could be a lot worse given how bad I've been lately. But that's going to wrap it up for us today for episode 13 of Travel Day. We thank you guys so much for listening. I have been Jackson Van Pelt with Nolan Faber. Goodbye.